Welcome to Real Estate Talk with Monica and Noel. Our topic for today is escrow. What is it and how does it work with Denise Hewitt? You know, Monica, Denise has been a member of our team and an escrow officer for many years. And I am just excited about what she has to say mm -hmm. and all that information that she's going to share with all of us. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. You have to be ready to take notes, right, Noel? Absolutely. Let's get started. We thank you for joining us today, Denise, and we truly value your time. The, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for taking your time and, and, and sharing some great knowledge and information in regards to escrow. And for that, I just want to say thank you. I know, especially uh, on a weekend, but uh, we're excited to hear and learn so much from you. Monica Noel, I'm, uh, I'm truly honored to be part of your podcast today. Um, I heard about it for a while now, and um, I thank you so much for having me. Just today, I was um, sharing with Noel. We were at a listing appointment, and our client asked asked us, um, "Could you explain what it means when people say we're in escrow? What does that mean?" And so I told Noel, "Oh my gosh, what a perfect segue." Um, into our podcast today. So what is the purpose of escrow? So um, California happens to be one of the states that is an actual escrow state. Some states use our attorney state mm -hmm. um, where the attorneys handle all of the paperwork. Um, California happens to be an escrow state. And escrow, typically, we are the holder of the documents, we're the settlement agent, meaning we when we gather all of the necessary pieces to the puzzle of a real estate transaction. So if it's a, if it's a sale, we gather the contract information and then we prepare our escrow instructions. We are responsible for getting the initial deposit from the buyer um, and we hold that money in an escrow account so that the money is safe and mm -hmm. we also are the depositor of the loan documents and once the documents hit our desk they become our responsibility and it's our responsibility to get them signed to follow the lender's instructions as to what our role and duty is in the um, loan transaction side for the buyer to complete the transaction. We're also responsible for making sure the things that we have control over in the contract are met. Did mm -hmm. the uh, termite report get deposited into escrow? And did the buyer sign it saying that he's read and approved it? Um, was the home warranty ordered and is the invoice in escrow so that whichever party agreed to pay for it is in and we can put it on our closing statement? Uh, did the NHD, which is a um, a requirement in California, did that get ordered? Did any of the reports that are required for, for instance, City of LA, the 9A report, the DWP mm -hmm. report, did the 9A get ordered? Did it get dispersed to all the parties? Did DWP form get signed by all parties? Uh, Pre-inspections are required for certain um, cities like Lake, uh, excuse me, Linwood or Southgate. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on in escrow. And Denise, one of our goals, um, Noel and I, we want to be as transparent as possible with our audience. And uh, we always talk about that in every single episode. So 
to help them better understand, you know, when we open escrow, whose instructions do you follow? Um, do you take sides? Do you follow more the seller side if you're representing the seller? Do you, as an escrow officer, follow the instructions of the buyer or of the lender? Whose whose instructions are the you know highest priority per se? Um, can you elaborate on that? We don't make. We don't decide anything. We are mm-hmm. simply the people everyone gives an instruction to. So our instructions come from the purchase contract or in a refinance. Our instructions come from the broker. Mm-hmm. You give us the instruction of who the parties are, what the loan amount will be, what the terms of the loan amount will be. Mm-hmm. Once we get the loan documents, then we create what's called um, an amendment to the escrow instructions because now we have exactly what the loan amount is, what the term is going to be, who the lender is, um, mm-hmm. how many, um, what the interest rate is. So um, things, anything that needs to be changed, if, if there's vesting, because usually if you see on the purchase, in a purchase escrow instructions, the buyer's vesting isn't there. Well, we don't know the buyer's vesting yet. The seller's vesting comes from public records, which we get on the legal investing when we open um, title. Mm-hmm. They hand us that um, information, and we, we, again, we just go gathering information, gathering information. Mm-hmm. We're also a n- neutral third party. Mm-hmm. So I don't technically work for you, let's say, as a listing agent. I work for all parts. So... Sometimes I know buyers think, oh, well, you're working for the seller. Mm-hmm. No, I've been, I'm a neutral third party. I take nobody's side. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. simply there to make sure everything gets done the way we were instructed to do it. If there's a dispute between the parties, that gets handled with the real estate agents, and then they instruct us, okay, this is the outcome, and this is the, uh, we're going to do an addendum to the purchase contract. And then I drop an amendment to follow that addendum again, all by instruction. Fantastic. You know what? And you covered my next question, which was how is it different from a purchase or a sell or a refinance? And I think you, you answered that question by saying, you know, in regards to a refinance, you are given instructions by the broker as to what mm-hmm. the loan amount will be and who's coming in or going out of title and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, um, you know, a refi- you know, people think refinances are easier than sales. The only thing that's easier is you're not dealing with as many parties. But they're, they're just as involved and it's pretty much the same information as a sale. You're just not dealing with a seller in this case. You know, we're just dealing with the borrowers and, um, and their information. That's so true. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I come across, um, especially... Uh, property owners will say, well, it's a refinance. It shouldn't take you that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <I'll> say, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I always laugh because it just tells me how how little they know about the process, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. It's very, it, you know, it, it is a process. You know, it's very, uh, you know, some people too, they will blame escrow. Well, escrow took forever. And it's like, you wonder, it, it, the business is very much a hurry up and then mm-hmm. wait. Hurry right. up and wait. Because, we're always waiting for somebody, you know, usually, but the, the loan process is usually the thing that takes the longest. You've got to wait for the inspection. You've got to wait for the appraisal. You've got mm-hmm. you know, there's underwriting. And well, what people don't understand is they're not just underwriting your loan. And especially mm-hmm. in a 
time in history right now where we have historically low rates. Mm-hmm. They are busy. busy. <laughs> Everybody's busy. You know, everybody wants to refinance. So, um, you know, that that's a good thing for people to, to, to get them to understand is that, you know, it, it's a process. And, and, you know, the quicker they get us their information, the quicker that processors and the underwriters can get, you know, what they need to, or, and can do what they need to do to fulfill their end. As so, well. So basically, what you're saying is, I need to stop saying what I say to my clients when they tell me, "How come it's taking so long?" And I always say, "It's escrow." <laughs> <laughs> it's escrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get for everything. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I want to close true. early. Just escrow's taking forever. <laughs> They're taking forever. Yes, it, it's usually our fault. We're okay with that. <laughs> No, but seriously, you know, seriously, I I, come, I get a lot of questions as to, you know, what's now with the COVID-19, how long are you taking a close escrow? And I always say, well, before COVID, it was taking us 20 to 30 days for a regular uh, refinance or a purchase. Mm-hmm. But now it's taking us 35 to 45 days. Is that, is that safe to say? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, I, we, we've seen a slowdown. But I think what happened is, Two things happened, COVID and people were working from home and as people get sick, um, you know, their roles have to be fulfilled by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if they don't have enough people to cover those those um, positions, then that's slowing them down. And two, the rates dropped. So now we have more loans and a stressed out workforce, mm-hmm. you know, who's dealing mm-hmm. with, um, you know, a new normal in the office. You know, a few days ago, um, Denise, you and I were talking and we were just, you know, sharing our thoughts, how life used to be before COVID and our new normal. And, you know, for so many families, it the situation looks entirely different. And um, to our audience, you know, I my heart goes out to all the families out there, because like I said, we're all experiencing this new normal very differently. I know for us, you know, our girls are here being homeschooled um, in one way or another. You know, I know Katie is in fourth grade and Elizabeth, uh, she was supposed to start uh, TK this year, but wasn't able to. Um, And anyway, I just, I shared with you, Denise, that one of the advantages was being here at home and seeing our girls a lot more than, than before COVID. And you said, um, you mentioned that escrow is not allowed to work from home. So can you share uh, why you're not allowed to work from home with our, with our audience? Share a little bit about that. Um, We as escrow have to come into the office. We cannot work from home because Mm of, as I was telling you about the DBO. The DBO restricts us from handling personal information from home because, you know, we're behind locked doors, we're behind um, 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 lots of security in our office to, mm-hmm. to protect this information, the firewalls that we have in our on our computer system and the fact that we send out wires, you know, big, mm-hmm. big yes. firewalls and securities and everything. So um, our job cannot be done from home. And so, um, you know, again, it's just, it, it, it's a truthful thing, but I, I, that's a very awesome estimate as far as how long it, things are taking. It, it's, um, you know, I purchase contract will say a 30 day escrow. And, and I always tell the agent, 
you might want to tack on another 10 to 15 days to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Uh, going back to to COVID nineteen at the beginning, it really took an adjustment from everyone how how to work from sure. home. Those of us who can, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and how to be able to deal with having kids at home while you're still working, while you're still you know, managing everything. Homeschool, homeschool. Yeah, yes. So that yeah. that, that took schooling. Yeah, and your kids aren't at school anymore. They're home with you and. Yeah, it's it's been rough on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been an adjustment, and I'll have to say, when when the very beginning of COVID, there was probably about a three week period where there was almost dead silence in our office. I mean, the phones weren't ringing. The only well, let me rephrase that: the phone calls we were getting were canceling escrow. They were canceling left and right. Right. Um, People were unsure. The uncertainty. People were losing their jobs, so they no longer qualified for the loans they were trying to um, apply for. So it was a really scary thing. And um, then the rates started dropping. People started easing it back into the new normal, and and now we're you know busy again, which is great. Yes. How similar is this market to the one from uh, you know 2007? I know we were all part of that, and it was also very scary times. But um, mm-hmm. with COVID and how it compares to to the you know the bubble burst in two thousand seven, how would you compare seven. it? Yeah, from what I experienced in two thousand seven is, I think the markets were steadier mm-hmm. and not the 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 crash of two thousand seven was certainly a domino effect. I mean, it just hit everybody. It right. hit worldwide, and the fact that there were so many banks going under and loans mm-hmm. um, just it, it just it was a true collapse of the entire financial system. Mm-hmm. I think COVID was less of that and more of a almost health uh, crisis, a lifestyle change. Right. It was a crisis, sure, yes. but it was hey, you know, we got to make these changes. You know, it, it's going to be interesting, though, to see, you know, in in the near future, what, mm-hmm. how they're going to balance this out with, you know, um, the money that they've put out and the taxes not being collected from the people losing their jobs. You know, and it's good to see things opening up again and, and you know, trying to get the, 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 the Economy, system trying yes. to recover. It's, it's, so it was a far quicker recovery. And I you know it's... It sure seems like we've been in this for at least a year, but it's you know it's really only been six months. It's March, April, May, June, August. Yeah, about maybe about six months. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're already starting to rebound is really a good sign. So yeah. I'm hoping you know everything will adjust and and you know things will get back to normal and that you know we're not going to see the hit and the crash we did in 2007. Right. You know, Dee, I always get asked by my clients as to uh, what does escrow or who does escrow protect? And I always say it protects all the parties. Am, am I right in saying that or what, what would you say? Yeah, okay. So uh, this is the example I always use mm-hmm. when, when trying to, to, to explain to people what escrow is. Um, let's say you, Noel, want to sell your house to Monica. Mm-hmm. And... Monica says, okay, I'm going to pay you this much money for your house. 
and I'm going to go get my loan. And um, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to buy this house from you. And you go, okay. And if Monica doesn't know all the ins and outs of what she needs to protect herself as the buyer, mm-hmm. and if the seller doesn't know all the ins and outs of what they need to do to protect themselves so that the buyer can't come back and sue them for certain things, you know, disclosures and things like that. It, it, that's the, the protection. Mm-hmm. I, we, as the escrow holder, because here, let's get down to the, let's get down to now, you know, Monica wants mm-hmm. to close it. Okay, Noelle, you sign over your grant deed to me and go get it recorded and then I'll give you the money. And mm-hmm. Noelle says, no, Monica, you give me the money first mm-hmm. and then I'll take this grant deed and go down and record it. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you know, so there's, we, again, the mutual third party, the money sits with us. Mm-hmm. We make sure that Monica gets a clear and clean title to record her new deed of trust on. When she gets that property, the mm-hmm. deed of trust that Noelle had on this property is gone. Mm-hmm. If Noelle had child support liens, if Noelle had judgments or liens, anything that follows that property mm-hmm. and they didn't get that title cleared, Monica is now going to take those right. responsibility for those things. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we hear horror stories of people who do per- do a purchase. They don't order title. They just want to, you know, hey, prepare a grant deed, and I'm going to sell my house to this person. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they do it, and you assume they've done their due diligence and fiduciary duties all the way around. A year later, the person comes back and goes, "There was a second deed of trust. The guy only told me he had a first." And now the bank is foreclosing on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry that that's happening to you, but this is why you opened escrow. That's our responsibility to gather all that information from the title company and to clear all of that, to see what he, you know, he has. You could have a Liz Pendence out in the property. He could, who knows? There's, a dozen different things that could be yeah, wrong with that property mm-hmm. and cloud the title. Mm-hmm. Yes, you so, know, absolutely. You know that that that's your main protection. You know, yeah. the other protection is protecting protecting your um, your privacy. Um, if we were in escrow, let's say for a property, and somebody drives by and sees the sign saying it's in escrow, mm-hmm. and that person decides to you know pick up the phone, and somehow finds out who the escrow company is maybe through the agent or something, and they call and say, hey, I just drove by, you know, this house, Noel's house, and um, it says it's an escrow. Who's the buyer? I'm sorry, sir, but you are not a principal to my transaction. I cannot give any of that information out. Mm-hmm. You are not the buyer of, re- of record, meaning part of the purchase contract. If you are mm-hmm. not the seller on title or one of the agents involved, I cannot divulge any information, even if, Noel, you're selling your house and your son were to call me and say, hey, my dad's in escrow with you and I need to know how much he owes on this property. I'm sorry, you are not a party to my transaction, mm-hmm. but I'm his son. You are not a party to my transaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of times we get phone calls from attorneys who will say, 
you know, um, there's a divorce going on and I was like, you need your client to call me and give me permission to speak to you. You are not a party to my transaction. Good. Right. That's good to know. And you I'm know what? That also, that also comes down to when I come across people who are dealing, kind of like you said, they're dealing directly from one person to another without mm -hmm. using agents or without using escrows. And I mm -hmm. always say, don't do that. Listen, if it's, if I know you want to save five, six thousand dollars, but it's mm -hmm. so worth it. You just, let's just do it right. Mm -hmm. Well, right, I, this, right. Especially, mm -hmm. yeah, there's just too many things to go wrong. And, uh, a lot of times it does go wrong and mm -hmm. then they, they come to us, you know, and we have to refer them to attorneys because, mm -hmm. and sadly, oftentimes they just end up losing the property because of what's gone on on title and yeah. there's nothing we can do to help them. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I always say this, the, if you're buying a home is such a big investment, why cut corners? Mm -hmm. Just take the right exactly. steps, right? A couple of years back, I was driving uh, around a neighborhood and I saw a sign for sale by owner. And I used to, you know, I, I was very active with uh, approaching Fisbo. and FISBOs, yeah, approaching for sale by owners and um, parked my car, you know, got off my car, went, approached the seller. And I brought, I brought some materials that I thought would be helpful to him and he was very nice. And, you know, he said that he was really determined to sell his house. But um, about two weeks after that uh, conversation with him, he did call me. He ended up calling me and he says, hey, Monica, my wife reminded me of a mechanics lien that's on title from some work that some guy did on my house that I wasn't happy with. And he came over here and said he was going to put a mechanics link. Can, can you look into that? That won't affect the sale, right? <laughs> and I said, uh, <laughs> can can I come talk to you in person? I mean, but I mean, Den Denise, can you maybe uh, talk about that, you know, mechanics liens? How would escrow sure. as a neutral party, what would your role be in that situation? So again, even if it's a for sale by owner, they still have to use an escrow company to close their escrow unless they just get a deed and sign a deed over to the new buyer, which again, I would never, ever in a million years mm -hmm. recommend that. But you know, people, they do foolish things sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what would have happened if he didn't use an escrow company and just, you know, went into legal zoom and brought up a grant deed and just did it himself, that buyer would be stuck with the mechanics lien. If mm -hmm. he had opened escrow, our first, the very first thing we do once we get a contract is we open title. The title company produces a thing called a preliminary title report. In that report, it will bring up things like, it will tell us, first of all, what the taxes are on the property and if they've been paid. If there were any um, delinquent taxes, they'll come up on that property uh, title report. Mm -hmm. If there are any, um, if there's a, a first mortgage, a second mortgage, a third mortgage, um, they will come up. And they come up in that order because in the lender's instructions when this seller bought this house, his lender says, we will be in first position on the title report. Mm -hmm. Right. And so... And then everything else will follow. If there's 
a judgment, a, a mechanic sleep. As soon as we mm. see that mechanic lien, we will go to, we, we get our escrow. And we, now we have a deposit in escrow. We start uh, getting our escrow packet together. And we go to Mr. Seller and say, there's a mechanic lien on your property. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of times right. we don't know about that ahead of time. Or, well, they uh, do know. They just forgot. Right. They forgot. They yeah. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa sued you five years mm. ago, and that lien is still on the property. Oh, and guess what? Oh, yeah, but it's only for $2,000. Yes, but it's 10 years old. Right. It doesn't go away. The yeah. interest keeps accumulating, and now I have to go and order a demand. Yeah. Same thing with the mechanics lien. We have to go back to the mechanic, and they have to figure out what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Are you yeah. going to pay this mechanically? Right. Is he going to give you a release? Are you guys going to negotiate? You know, um, you know, we need to know. Mm -hmm. The seller will also fill out a statement of information asking, has any work been done on the property in the past six months? Mm -hmm. Because that's the time period. Um, well, I think they have 90 days once the work has been completed mm -hmm. to file a mechanics lien if they're, you know, they weren't paid or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, that's our role to get all of this information together. And then, of course, if he decides he's not going to pay it from his proceeds, then um, he can't sell the house. <laughs> right. You know, bottom line. And, yeah. um, but usually they, they usually come to an agreement. I've never had a sale fall out of escrow because the guy didn't want to pay his mechanic clean. They usually end up negotiating the mechanical issue, a demand or payoff statement. Okay, mm -hmm. we, you know, he owed me 5000 We agreed to $3,000. Right. Um, mm -hmm. He'll give me a demand stating that. And then he'll provide a lien release, which we get recorded when we send all the recording docs down to title. And then when title closes, um, the title company issues a uh, owner's title policy, um, which the seller pays for. And that basic policy is the policy to ensure that all the liens have been now been cleaned and this seller is giving title to the buyer free and clear of any encumbrances, liens, or demands that were hit. And again, you want that because now in this for sale by owner situation, mm -hmm. if you didn't do that, now this buyer can come and sue the pants off of him. It can well, get ugly. Well, thank, but, yes. thank God for escrow. Really yeah. <laughs> thank and, God for and, escrow. Thank God for right. Denise. And, and yes. Again, yes. I don't know the whole legal ramifications and whether the buyer would have a case or not because, hey, you didn't use an agent and you didn't use an escrow company and you right. didn't use titles. So, you know, again, they would have to consult attorneys to figure out who's liable for what. Um, again, we don't give, and we don't give legal advice or tax advice. That's <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. You're smart. Yes, You're it smart. Would get, it, yeah, it would get very ugly. Great. I'm really quick. Thank you so much, Denise. This is this is so much great information. I think we're going to have to do part two, right, Noel? Absolutely. Part, Unfortunately, so, we're running out of time. Out of time but here, but you have so, such okay, great yeah, information. I would be honored. Thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. And again, we appreciate your time and support. Um, we hope that our audience found this information. Um, helpful. We are here to guide you. And as you can see, and, you know, just from 
all of the details that Denise provides, it, it, there's so much to a real estate transaction and you have to have the right team in place. You have to have people that uh, are a hundred percent, you know, professionals that know what you're doing. Committed, experienced. Exactly. That, that'll that help you avoid all the ugliness that can, that can really happen and, and costly too. You know? Very expensive. So, yes. yes. Thank you so much. And, and I always recommend that, um, you know, you, you get a good escrow officer who's going to be part of your team because it, it, working as a team, you know, we're not against anybody. We're here to work as a team, you know, to work with everybody to, um, you know, sometimes even be the mediator, but to make sure that the, the transaction goes smooth for everybody and provide as much information as we can. Um, as a member of the Escort Institute of California and the Escort Association, um, and actually part of the, I just nominated it on Wednesday to the Orange County Board. Yay! Um, yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> Yay! Thank That's you. awesome. And so um, we attend monthly meetings, and they're attended by attorneys, real estate attorneys, um, senior escrow officers, and. It's, it's a wonderful organization, and just by continuing our education so that we can be the best escrow officer, you know, to offer that's awesome knowledge to all our clients is, is our number one goal. So, you know, thank you again for letting me be part of your team, Monica. I and Noel, I I enjoy working with you, and you, you know, you both make my job a lot easier. Yay! Thank you so much. We <laughs> thank feel you, the same Denise. Way. Yes, we You're do feel the same that. way. We we feel honored and 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 we appreciate you so much and we you know that and congratulations on Thank that. You. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you Dee. Enjoy yeah, the rest I'm of excited. the and enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sorry to take some of your time from spending time oh, with your no, family, no, no. but it was it was my pleasure to be of service. Believe me, I I I, I couldn't ask for a better team to work with than you guys and anything you need, you know, I'm always here for you. We love hearing from our audience, and if you have any questions or comments, please email us at noelandmonicapodcast at gmail.com, and remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We value your input, and we thank you for tuning in.